Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Mindset More podcast. I'm joined with Tom today. Tom is probably known as like the Tarantino of the fitness niche on the YouTube industry, um, online coach, bodybuilder. He's got a lot of hats that he wears. So I'm really grateful that Tom's joined me today because I want to talk about the toxic pressure of the hustle culture, which social media perpetuates. And so we'll get into that. But I think first, Tom, maybe for people who don't know you that well, or maybe they don't know where you've got to at being the Tarantino of the YouTube industry. Mm. How how did that all start? Thank you for having me on. I've never been referred to as the Tarantino of the fitness industry, but I shall take said title. The um, In terms of where it all began, what, in terms of like m- myself or, or... Yeah, definitely. So in terms of your bodybuilding, the YouTube, how did it all start out? Yeah, it started, I mean, the, the kind of fascination for bodybuilding started around about 2012 when I was doing my my year-long apprenticeship at Lucian College. That's where I met Luke Johnson. I don't know if you're aware of Luke. He's the owner of uh, Shredded by Science, which is now called PT, PT Collective. And it was the first time whereby I kind of got a fascination for the scientific element of training and nutrition, as opposed to the kind of the, the jargon that you see from, from day-to-day forums. So it was a real nice introduction into that particular side of, of bodybuilding. And... Uh, I mean, the, the fascination for bodybuilding per se kind of stemmed from from being very young and just kind of seeing the magazines. And then I think it was, I remember seeing like a Dorian Yates uh, cover and, and thinking as a, as a kid growing up, the, you know, action figures were action figures, but it's the first time I've seen an actual human look like an action figure. So I was like, I think every, every kid in general kind of is blown away by that. And then from 2012, I, I started to get heavily into training. I kind of dropped swimming and dropped the cricket and, and football that I was playing. I just kind of went all in on bodybuilding. And then I said to Luke, I'm looking to do my first show. So we did a, a junior show and then it kind of just snowballed from there, really. And that's at that point where I had the decision to start taking anabolic steroids around about late 19, early 20s. And then that was where the kind of TM Cycles brand was created because I was kind of frantically searching on YouTube and, and various other platforms to kind of gauge more of an understanding about anabolics. And there wasn't really anything there. So I thought, why not take it upon myself to kind of not necessarily educate, but document my own journey. And uh, yeah, it kind of just it kind of just blew from there and then kind of run into a few complications with this with the censorship on YouTube. So I had to pull a lot of my my videos down. So I lost like seven million views. And then it's just been about kind of not necessarily rebuilding from there, but just the moment going through a slight rebrand whereby TM Cycles is staying the same. But I'm taking a little bit of a back step from from bodybuilding. I think bodybuilding's got a bit of a shelf life. So it's kind of now more lifestyle, more uh, more well-being content, and uh, and here we are today. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I really like the fact that you put out all of this informative content. Like I have a background in chemistry, and some of the stuff that I see on social media, you know, you're just wincing at it, and you're like, why are we here if we're not here to educate people and to actually get them to understand why they're doing what they're doing? So I know that you said that you're taking a bit of a step back from bodybuilding. So as well as that step back from bodybuilding and the kind of emphasis on taking downtime and focusing on general well-being. What is it that that's happened in your life that's caused that perspective, that change and that shift in your content? I think it was just a, a kind of a gradual, gradual build-up of, uh, of just not getting on with bodybuilding and the kind of the, the, the sort of vicious cycle almost of contest prep off-season, contest prep off-season. And as much as we kind of preach about balance during an off-season phase, it's never re- it's always kind of tilting in favour of bodybuilding anyway because you're so concerned about sleep and getting in food. And if you know, I went out with the boys for one night, the knock-on effect, in my mind, psychologically anyway, would be like, well, I can't do that because if I go out on Saturday, then Sunday's a write-off and then I'm still groggy on Monday, so training's not going to be as optimal. So you kind of talk yourself into not having a social life or, or kind of going and going out very infrequently. So I just got sort of sick of it really, you know, kind of uh, – it dawned upon me. I think we're all quite naive in, in in the bodybuilding world at times, and and that that impact on relationships kind of took its toll. So it was just a chance for me to kind of switch things up a little bit, go for a bit of a, a self improvement phase, and kind of understand what what went wrong and what what you know what issues kind of uh, occurred over the last few years. And and it's been nice. It's been nice to strip back if I'm completely honest with you. And, and you know, I think when you are bodybuilding, you're almost unaware that there is life outside of it you know you just come to accept you're like well this is my life now it's like no it's not the case at all like I said I think it's got a, a shelf life and for me to be in a position now whereby I can kind of educate people in in, in sort of general pop 
kind of surroundings and and uh, take a little bit from everyone. You know, I still feel like the, the likes of Joe Wicks are fantastic, but if we can kind of implement a Joe Wicks style but with education about nutrition and training as well, then then that'll be cool. So, yeah, it's just about switching things up a little bit and I felt like I was kind of forcing myself to create content toward the end. You know, I wasn't not necessarily comfortable, but just thought there's only so much how to grow your biceps videos you can do without putting a different spin on it. So, yeah, it's nice just to, to go into, like I said, lifestyle and well-being and kind of, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. So, yeah, very excited. Yeah. And one question that I have is you you took a week away from social media. And I remember it was just like, where the hell is he? Like, I was I was like looking for your content and it wasn't there. I was just like, is he okay? But I want to hear a little bit more about that in terms of how you came to that decision to just go off the radar and what it actually did for you. Yeah, I was just sick of it. I think you just get to a point with social media. And it, you can kind of, I feel like uh, it's almost like training. You go for like a 12-week block and you, toward the end you're fatigued. And I think with social media, you just tired of the same the same stuff that's been spewed and um i just thought well i've never done i've never done it before i thought why not come off you know social media completely i remember i think i uh, deactivated my instagram account but instagram are very clever and they don't want you to go away so the simple tap of the button it logs you back in so i found myself still kind of on social media but just weren't checking obviously that created a lot of like where's, where, where's team cycles where's tom but it was nice just to have a, a complete week off and i thought you know Without that scientific element that we referred to at the beginning, I thought, why not let me track some data in terms of sleep and heart rate and blood pressure? And I remember like looking at my looking at my data that kind of was drilled into me by Callum when he was was coaching me, just like big drops in in uh, blood pressure, big drops in uh, rest in heart rate, sleep improved, obviously because I'm not looking at the phone. I think my screen, I think my screen time went down from about nine hours forty five to about two. You know, and those two hours are only just like Googling or like waiting for an Uber or something like that. But uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was burnout. I, I, you know, I feel was the reason as to why. And I thought I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. People, people are still going to be about when I do kind of re-enter. And uh, it was nice. And it's something that I'll do more frequently. And it's, you know, when I did it, it was quite daunting to, to listen to feedback from others and say, I don't know how you did that. I could never do that. And to hear you know, in this day and age, uh, the inability of someone to kind of go through just having a break of social media, I think is quite worrying. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I kind of see social media as, it for me, it's it's, it's business. Like my, my profile is nine times out of 10, like that's my kind of like website, right? I'm showing up every single day to educate people, to also talk about my journey because people are interested. But it's kind of nerve wracking when you're running a business to think if I just drop everything and I know that point where you get to and you're just like, I just can't fucking be asked because you look at all of the hundreds of DMs and it's just like emails, right? And you're yeah. just like, I, I need some time away from this. But for me, I think like, you know, what would happen if I, if I took a week away? And it's how can we get people or encourage people to realize that that's actually okay? And even if you are, you know, someone who runs your business through social media, that taking that time off isn't actually going to be detrimental. Yeah, no, of course. But you've got to understand just because we're business, it doesn't mean we're not human. So that's, that that model whereby you used to be employed and you had 24, 25 days holiday, that shouldn't change. It shouldn't just be like this this uh, kind of like alpha sheaf that goes on and you're like, right, no uh, like no, no, no holiday time, no downtime. Because ultimately, if you look at longevity in, in business and, and those that do well and stay in it for a time, it's because they can control that kind of almost stimulus to fatigue ratio, again, relating it to training to business. So... Yeah, I had no qualms at all about coming off social media. You know, I put I put away some. I, I I said to myself at the beginning of prep that I'd take some time off. I only really planned for a few weeks, but that turned into like a few months. And I was still active and still working, but it just wasn't all in. And uh, it was nice to have that that week off. I put some put some money away each side just to kind of tie me over a little bit. And uh, you know, previously when I'd go on holiday, I'd I'd. That, that week before I'd be going crazy like I'm having to kind of backlog content and and batch content for the week that I'm away but then that just means that the holiday itself is is harder because I'm burnt out because of the 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 very stressful week prior to holiday so this time I was like just don't do anything like not like it's only seven days you know even seven days in a cup in, out of the year is only 14 so yeah there was there was no real concern for me it was the only different, the I say the noticeable kind of impact was just like it took me a couple of days just to get over the fact that I don't need to keep picking up my phone. You know, my phone was away. Some some days I just left my phone in my bedroom the whole the whole day, which was nice. But uh, 
Yeah, I know it, it's tough, but I think if people are listening and, and are unsure and, and a little bit worried and have that anxiety of I'm a business, it's good. it's not going to go anywhere, you know. And if you are if you are that concerned, then do some kind of just do some some work or some light work leading up to the point, and then just say to your followers or say say to anyone in the business or or if you can if you got the ability to hand the business over to someone to run for a week, then then happy days. I know a lot of people that do that, but. Yeah, I think it's been blown up way out of proportion. This downtime is, is is associated with negativity. Absolutely. So when you talk about burnout, and you said that you kind of were at that point, mm. what 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 is burnout to you? What signs are you looking for? Or like, how do you know when it's actually too late? Yeah, I mean, just just no motivation to 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 create content. Like the love the love for for picking up the camera and and even like I find myself. Now I'm refreshed, taking a lot more time with certain sh- shots in the kitchen, or or, or kind of uh, if I'm doing like sit down work, I'll, I'll I'll make sure that the that I'm kind of keyed in a little bit. But then like during that burnout phase, or leading up to it, like it's just I don't care. I just put the camera on and and uh, my my overall kind of willingness to sit on the computer and and take time to edit and choose tracks just goes completely. And I just want to laze around in bed all day. Really, it's it's, it's like there's no, uh, it's not like a sort of cryptic uh, like puzzle that you have to figure out whether you have or have not got burnout. I think it's quite apparent to a lot of people. You just that motivation dips, and uh, you just need that time off. And again, keep referring it to training. It's it's very similar. You get get to that point pre deload where you're like, even like the pre workout, for example, is not having much of an effect. And that's the same as me. Like stimulants, I'd have a coffee, nothing would happen. I'd still be sleepy. I'd still be drowsy. So. Yeah, it's just that point. For me, I think motivation is the biggest driver for, for me to kind of go, right, take a back step. And also like my my uh my short temper with people on social media is I think is another thing. You know, like I'm I'm all for speaking to people, but when you like put a post up with a song on it and people say, What song is that? It's like it's on the fucking screen. Like I like I understand. Thanks for the question, but come on, just take a little bit of time. Like my patience is running a bit thin here. So yeah, just a uh, a few factors that contribute to that, that feeling of burnout. Yeah, I felt that like the whole way through prep this year. As in, like I really noticed that irritability. I was just like, why is everything that everyone is saying so annoying? And mm. again, like I I think I put out a video, at least one video for six months, every single every single week of prep and afterwards it was like two months I was just like goodbye YouTube because yeah. that that creativity that creative space like you don't have that when you're hammering work all the time and that's one thing that I bet you realize when you like took that week off is actually all of these ideas when it comes to you know flow and what you're moving into that all yeah. started to flood through because you've got that space for that creative time of course yeah absolutely I remember being in my bar and just you sort of uh, you, you broaden a little bit more and, and I was taking in kind of like walking along the port and just taking in different ideas and concepts and colors and fonts and logos and I was like god this this hasn't happened for some time because I've been so hell-bent on creating content for like the members site for the Instagram page for YouTube as well so it's nice to kind of have that have that break and have that kind of that creativity reset which is uh you know, it's it's. It, I'm at a point now whereby if I feel that I'm getting close to that burnout again, I'll have another week off. But so far, so good. I'm 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 in in quite a nice position whereby re re-entering out from that previous time of social media, I didn't kind of jump straight back into the deep end. It was just a gradual right. Let, let's uh, start some online coaching again and open a few spaces and kind of limit that and not go you know exceed that number because it just means that my work gets. The, the, the kind of quality of my work dips a little bit so yeah I'm in a good position and routine I think is key as well I think I think post post show because you're so regimented once the show's gone you kind of have that little bit of a wild patch and uh you know for, for me I'm, I'm someone that requires routine not not like you know like a1 on it all the time just some basic structure for me like if I wake up at five I'm on the computer from six till nine and then I'm kind of free but uh, taking away that routine and that structure kind of threw me threw me sideways a little bit. Yeah. So what about downtime, though, being integrated into that routine? Do you feel like that's maybe a mistake that you made in the past where it wasn't something that was actually part of your routine? Yeah, it never was. It was uh, it was always it my my downtime downtime in my head was was not downtime because I'd always be on my phone or the laptop would be on like the, the fact of like sitting downstairs watching watching TV with the laptop on my lap isn't downtime, you know? So that's why 
I went wrong massively and it's something now that I kind of drill in to myself, you know, if I see the clock's coming up to, to five or six, based on how the day's looking, it will just be a case of, right, sickly here and I'll turn off and I'll just, and, and, and then I'll, I'll resume that the following day. And it does take a while. It does, it does take some time because you have to kind of, you have to detach from that. I could be earning money here mindset, you know, because I'm, if I'm watching something on Netflix, I do have that, especially now because I'm enjoying the, the the kind of rebranding the flow that I just have to say to myself right you need to be in order for me to be productive the next day you have to have this downtime otherwise if I'm if I'm if I have my dinner and go back upstairs on the computer till seven till nine too much blue light sleep gets affected and then I can't get up at 5 a.m the next day so you just have to drill that into yourself that it's like this downtime is is needed it's required for from a productivity standpoint and you know it takes only a few days for you to realize that and uh you get into kind of a nice routine with that. So with the fact that you're doing Vlogmas now, though, that's technically you've set yourself a challenge to put out a YouTube video every day. And I find myself similarly, like it's coming up to the new year and I've never, ever had so many inquiries in my life. And I'm like, oh shit, like every, everyone and their mum wants coaching. And I'm a bit like, okay, like now I've got to manage this, but also manage my downtime. So do you feel like setting yourself a challenge like that might actually have a detrimental impact? Not really, because when the challenge was set, the the routine was also set alongside that to ensure that the downtime was there. So it wasn't a case of, right, I'm just going to jump in and do Vlogmas and then we'll, we'll wing it. It's not about winging it, which is what I've done previously. You know, when I've set myself tasks and challenges previously, it's been with, with little to no planning, which has inevitably caused that burnout because every day is just completely different. So going into this, it was a case of like, if I wake up at five, I'm on the computer by six, and then I'm from six till seven or six till eight, I simply edit the previous day's footage, upload, do the socials, and by by eight, nine o'clock, the video's done, the Instagram's done, the thumbnail's done. So it's like perfect. Go to the gym, come back from the gym, and then I've got my coaching work to do, and then and I'm, I'm I'm pretty I'm done for the day, and then I it leaves some time for creativity and and leaves some time for flow or to read and things like that. So yeah, definitely the. So I think setting yourself a task can potentially go pear-shaped if you don't have that plan and that structure in place. Yeah, and I think that there's something to be said about that downtime and how that impacts productivity. Because actually, like you said, you know, sitting on the sofa watching Netflix, yeah, you're on your laptop and you're trying to do work at the same time. Your brain is never actually switching off and no. you never, ever get that kind of fresh perspective to, to look at things. Everything starts to get cloudy and you start to actually just wake up the next day and you're just thinking about what you were thinking about the night before. And so I think that's actually essential to business owners, to people who are content creators, to realise that, actually will totally shift and flip the way that you look at your work when you take time away from it yeah of course um, even I think it was on Joe Rogan's podcast when he was quite shocked when Elon said like how, how often do you sleep how many hours of sleep do you get he's like six seven Joe was like fucking hell I thought I thought someone like of your stature would be in the freezing fours and sort of same as Gary Vee I think one of his videographers asked him like how many hours sleep do you get he's like a good six or seven you know, in an ideal world, we'd all like to push for those eights and nines. And I've got I've got clients whereby they say, look, in order for me to get into the gym, I'm going to have to have six, six and a half hours sleep. And I'm like, right, well, as long as we kind of optimise those six and six and a half hours as best as possible in terms of bumping up that sleep quality, detached from your phones, getting in that sleep stack, for example, then I'm, then I'm happy. So, yeah, it's definitely about if you are an individual that does run on, on short, short sleep in that night, it's just as best as possible trying to optimise that because you don't want to be in a position whereby like you, you're going to bed. And I, I notice it now, if I do if I do kind of go against what I, what I preach and do spend a bit of time on on the on the laptop working, I, you, I just tell because I look at my sleep cycle and it would take me longer to get to sleep. I'm, I'm awake more in the night and overall the next day I'm groggy. So you just need to take that on board and take that feedback and go, well, I can't do that again. You know, it's the same as when I used to play Xbox with the boys. It would be like, I take I take my sleep stack or my support max neuro, but it'd have the opposite effect, and it would give me some sort of stimulatory kind of buzz. So I'm on Warzone until like 11, 12, and I think I've got to get up at five, six in the morning, and I can't get to sleep. So yeah, it's definitely been been um, been sensible if you are someone that does get those shorter shorter kind of sleep cycles. 
Absolutely. I think there's something to be said about starting to recognize those patterns that we all kind of starting to self-sabotage over a little bit of time. And you just will start to feel like a much, much less productive human. Now, there's one thing that I kind of wanted to go into to go back to where you were saying how you got to a stage where you're a little bit sick of social media and kind of feeling a little bit more negative towards that. So I know that there is definitely a kind of, um, how can I put it? There's like an expectation from the bodybuilding industry that everyone needs to be on it, on it, on it all the time. And I think that's something that can be also reflected when it comes to these business owners. So always feeling the need to kind of put out stuff, always be present. And actually half the shit that you see on social media, is not actually happening. Like half of it is just, you know, it's the highlight reel. So one thing that you are is always like really transparent. You're always there to talk about how you're actually feeling, how you're actually doing, or to just fuck off for a week and be like, yes, see you next week when I'm feeling yeah. better so one thing that I, I want to talk about is how how do you get that confidence to just be like do you know what no I'm gonna make sure that everything that I'm doing is super super transparent because we, it's, it's difficult to weed out who is actually being real and who's not being real and then even the ones who aren't being real like to go and you know s- you know spit their comments about other people a lot of the time yeah. which I know that you've been victim to as well <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite funny to see. I mean, I've been in the industry like ten years now, and you can see the kind of the 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 this forced transparency. I like to call it because people have clocked on now that if you sit behind the camera and go, "Guys, I'm I'm you know I'm feeling like this," it's like, "Well, are you really feeling like that, or do you know the knock-on effects of you openly speaking about mental health?" Because there's, I think that particular area is there's a very fine line, you know, between actually suffering from it and being diagnosed and then self-diagnosis and you know I've got a mum my mum's a psychiatric nurse so she's been 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 dealing with uh in that sector for nearly 20-25 years so it's it's when I speak to her about it it's not like we're looking at people on YouTube and going oh he is he isn't suffering from mental it's I think it's fantastic but we are in this we're in this area of time now in society whereby we love to criticize everything and what comes with that is people that try and almost SEO out of the fact that they're feeling a certain way to get those views and 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 it's it's hard it's tricky but to uh to answer your question about the transparency I've always been in a position whereby I don't sort of want anything to bite me on the arse you know I don't want to be you know if I'm going out to Ibiza and I'm, I'm doing whatever over there I don't want like a picture or someone to say oh did you see Tom over there it's like well yeah cool but he's he's open about that and he said that on YouTube and uh and, and from a business standpoint, I don't want to kind of create a brand whereby if I'm if I'm not kind of uh, being transparent and then something were to occur, then I, that deal would get dropped or, you know, I've never, I've never wanted, I've never kind of, I've always had a kind of a, a problem with authority at school as well and just kind of wanting to be my, I know it's a very cliche, wanting to be yourself and, and, and uh, but it, it's true, you know, I, 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 I never wanted to be in a position whereby I felt like I couldn't be open about it. And I think this year in particular, kind of as I'm getting closer and closer to 30 now and understanding a lot about yourself, I think the more individuals like myself and the more individuals on, on social media openly talk about their their kind of emotions and feelings, the, the, the better position we're in. So, yeah, it's just been a bit of like, why, why would you not be transparent as well? It's just sort of a bit obvious why you'd hold back. And I can understand why, but I think the industry is massively changing now, whereas before, you know, people had to kind of hold back a little bit in case of that that knock-on effect of uh, not being able to get a sponsorship deal. You know, a lot, I think a lot of people sat on the fence when it came to anabolics and waited for the likes of myself and and Josh and Joe uh, to be open about and then to see the effects of that. You know, it could have gone either way, me, Josh or Joe, and many others in the industry that openly talk about anabolics. We could have... We could have been open about it and then bang, you know, no one agreed with it. Businesses wouldn't. And then that would be like almost a green light for the bigger YouTubers to go, right, we can't talk about it. You know, I feel like we're almost there. They're guinea pigs in that sense. So, but I'm, I'm cool with that. I don't, you know, I don't need anyone to pat me on the back. I, I do me. Um, I think a quite a frequent question that arises a lot on YouTube is, is do you think your transparency with everything, you know, recreational drugs or anabolics or relationships has, has affected your, your brand or your following? I'm, Probably, yeah, you know, if I was if I was a squeaky clean YouTuber and just did your little sort of muscle food unboxings and this and that and stayed clean for 10 years, I could probably could be in that position. But then you're two different people, right? You know, I know a lot of people that I, I see that 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 almost uh, difference in persona straight away. I see them in public and they're like one person behind the camera, one person in front of the camera, and you think, 
that I really didn't want to get into that position whereby, like, when I turn the camera on, I'm like, right, now I'm this. Now I turn the camera off and now I'm that. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's kind of multifaceted, really, as to why I'm open about it. But the biggest one would just be, one, I don't want anything to bite me in the arse, and two, I don't want to live, or well, I don't want to live a lie, really. That's the thing, though, isn't it, where you said, like, you've got this perhaps, like, little problem with authority. And I only realised that when I, you know, graduated uni, got into a corporate job, and I was like shit yeah. I've got that I've got that man telling me what to do and I'm, yeah. I'm not about this life I was just like no I can't do that and that's what you find with a lot of people who you know sack off their job they're like I'm going to build it for myself I'm going to make me to where I want to be it's because you can't deal with other people trying to inflict their kind of you know mm-hmm. sometimes ill-perceived dominance onto you and again being transparent it's it it works in your favor because you being you you're going to attract those people who want to give you the sponsorship deals for who you are you want the right clients because they're actually enjoyable to work with and I think this is one thing that is you know not realized by a lot of people who are maybe fresh into the industry is oh I'm just gonna you know try and follow the trends and and do all of this but who, who actually are you and I think when you ask someone who are you that's one thing that nine times out of ten they can't answer because everyone's got certain values which really really matter to them and I'm curious to kind of hear for you like what is the most important thing and in terms of your values that you're really trying to put out and that you're really working to you know impact the kind of generation that's coming now into this you know bodybuilding slash fitness well-being industry well, it's a fantastic question. My my, big, my biggest one for, for this year, I mean, I had a conversation with my mate the other day and we both sort of said we're getting older now and what we've learned about us is we're very fragile-minded and we are these kind of very emotional people. And I think for, for so long I've almost had this barrier up whereby I just almost accepted that I was this person that didn't really have any emotions and I was just caught up at a very cold heart and and, I, and I, that potentially may be the kind of uh, ferocious nature of when I first started the industry and just hell-bent on getting clients and... and uh, building the YouTube and Instagram, for example. But for, for me, in this position, it's about kind of, you know, I'm, I, that's why I've created a, a few pieces of content on time management, productivity, and, and me, Josh, and Joe openly speak about kind of the fact that we're all kind of seeking you know, seeking help at the moment with therapists and things like that. Not in like a really bad way. I don't want people to think that. I think, fuck, is, is Tom all right? It's more just so, you know, uh, someone to speak to. And I think uh, and, and I think that the, the new kind of generation within the fitness industry coming up need to be in that position whereby they have the freedom ability to be themselves and I think and I think that's coming through now I'm I'm very aware of you know your top YouTubers your mid and your lows I'm I'm constantly researching because you never know this this younger generation that are coming through we can still take pointers on just because someone's got a thousand followers doesn't mean we go actually I'm not going to take anything from him because that you know my little brother, for example, is 18 now, and he's uh, he's doing marketing at uni. And I said to him the other day, like, you know, what's what's sort of going on? What's moving? And he's like, oh yeah, shit, I didn't really think about that. So it's it's constantly turning. So I think the ability for us to all work together, as opposed to have this divide, which I think in the fitness industry has crept in a little bit. You know, it's quite apparent now. You've got the business gurus, you've got the train to fail lot, you've got the biomechanics lot. All of them are fantastic points, by the way. It's not a, that's not bad, but the the fact that they have kind of adopted this well this is the only thing that works you know and like don't don't patronize me because i don't know about biomechanics do you, do you know what i mean you should be uh, that particular crowd's grinded and grinded my gears a little bit because it's it's like they they're only appealing to a select few of, of educated and it's like well yeah it's fantastic to learn about like the knee joint for an hour but at the end of the day you know i've got a gem pop client that just wants to get in and out of the gym because he's got he's on his lunch break so am I going to really be setting up daisy chains, bands and cuffs for a single, do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's great, but don't adopt this approach whereby that is that, you know, we shouldn't. And even the rise of TikTok now and people demonising like a lap pull down. You think this misconception that like a lap pull down without D handles doesn't do anything to your back, but a lap pull down with D handles does. No, the lap pull down will still develop your back. Sure, it may not be as optimal, but when we talk about that optimal, it, what is it, like a few percent? I mean, it's like, come on. And uh, so for me, it's about kind of encapsulating us as a whole and kind of taking points. And like I said, with, with the whole Joe Wicks thing, I think it's fantastic, the sort of stuff that he's been doing. When we really understand his lunch that has 100 grams of chorizo, it's like, well, your fat intake's done for the day. So how, how can we educate a client whereby you can still have that understand a little bit more because these plans that you get put on for eight weeks 
eat this, train like this. When the plan's done, oh, what do I do now? My scale weight's creeping back up. Well, let's kind of, let's educate those people. So the the kind of, the academy side to flow, which I wanted to do is about, like I said, taking taking on board pieces from each camp and just kind of educating anyone. But uh, yeah, I think, that, I think the message that myself, Josh and Joe are doing is just to, and that's very cliche, but to be yourself and just to affirm that you can be yourself. And, 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 and I think what's key to also understand is that people are going to dislike you as well. You just have to accept that. A lot of people don't like me and that's cool. You know, you jump on jump on Reddit and, and type in my name and there's a lot of people that are very passionate against me and you think it's quite nice to see that you've got that much emotion toward me. I know it's not the greatest thing, but I do appreciate that you've you've sat there and typed, typed nasty things about me, but... You're not, you could be you could be a saint you could be the best the nicest person in the industry and someone's still going to think you're a bit of an arsehole so you just have to come to accept that and you work with your strengths and uh, you work with your audience that, that do take that time to appreciate your content yeah it's that pretentiousness though isn't there everyone seems to feel like when they're somebody on social media whatever that whatever constitutes being a somebody that you know they really like to shout and scream about why their way is the right way and it's kind of like that polarizing effect people are always trying to create that because you get your little tribe and then you know everyone's like supporting you in the comments and things like, and it just gets ridiculous and I, I completely agree with what you said there are these groups where they're just like oh you you must optimize everything to the 0.03 percent yeah. you know the the tiniest level and I know when I tell my client to okay now we're going to loop some d handles over the bar for the that pull down and explain why that yeah. that to them is a giant stepping stone again we're trying to educate gem pop and if yeah. they're doing that they're then trying to optimize nine yeah. times out of ten they can't do what we're saying which is just to have a routine where they can actually know when they work the best and then take some downtime so right. that's really important of trying to get people to know themselves better and have that self-awareness and it's really funny that you said that you know recently you got a therapist because in the last two months i got a therapist and jesus christ like abby abby has given me some revelations about myself and yeah. i went to her and she was like oh what's wrong I said nothing's wrong I just want to get to know myself a little bit better because yeah. when I know myself better it will then help me when maybe things aren't so good because naturally we go through these highs and lows of life and when you hit a low but you don't really know why you're in that low spot maybe if you have that self-awareness it will help you to you know crawl out of that hole eventually so I kind of wanted to to probe a little bit when it comes to what you're learning more about yourself through this therapy because otherwise you wouldn't have you wouldn't have still be you you know you wouldn't still be doing it no of course and and it's something that the the response from uh from like the last few videos or the last few months is like oh you seem a lot happier and it's nice to kind of see I mean you and yourself know when you're happy and you're not but it, it I think when you can when you feel like it's more apparent to the outside world that's even more endearing it's even more like wow but the, the sort of therapy is CBT based and hypnotherapy is working on breathing techniques to kind of uh, to, to deal with any anxiety, which is fantastic. I think like you overlook the, the, how the importance and you overlook the, the, the benefit of those sort of breathing techniques. But uh, for, for what was the question? Sorry about the, about therapy. What you're learning more about yourself. Oh, going through yeah. That now. yeah. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of the time when I do speak to people that are going through similar experiences is, is the childhood, what happened at childhood. And when I spoke to my therapist about kind of this uh, constant need to, to be perfect on Instagram and social media, she related that back to when I went from primary school to secondary, secondary school. So I went to a brand new secondary school, completely new area, new people. And kind of this, this, uh, this, I felt like I had to impress people to be to be liked, right? So she said that set that that transitional period from kind of year six to year seven that, that we don't really know it, and those effects of childhood will creep into later adult life. So this this constant need for me to be a perfectionist on the Instagram and YouTube and social media, in part, has come from that that time as a child trying to impress people and be liked at school. So you think, wow, things like that, and then kind of uh, even even like the small instance of of my so I've got a half brother, my full brother. So as a kid, when like a new child comes onto the scene and you're kind of fighting for your for your parents' love, again, that can have that knock-on effect whereby like you're constantly seeking affirmation and attention. So it's those things that you, you never really think about. You know, you just accept that like parents, parents splitting up at a young age, you just think, oh, well, it happens to a lot of people. But once you start to really get to the bottom of those issues, you can start to start to 
kind of um, you can start to cope better and have these coping strategies when things get tougher in later life. So yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. Like I said to you earlier, like to, uh, uh, you almost adopt this uh, you almost adopt this like approach to life whereby if you are a certain thing or you feel like you're a certain thing, you just accept that. Like, and I thought I was just like this guy that's going to be for the rest of my life quite cold and quite distant from people, but that's far from it. You know, and once 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 that kind of that barrier that wall comes down, you're like exposed and you're quite this vulnerable emotional character. I'm like, well, like I like wholesome walks and stuff. I thought, fucking hell, I never never go on a wholesome walk before, and now I'm loving it. Like I'll go into a coffee shop and read, and all these things that I used to look at and think that's a bit weird, I'm now doing. So yeah, it's been nice. It's been like a nice. It's been a very tough year. I'm not gonna lie. It's been one of the hardest years of my life. But at the same time, I've learned a lot about myself and kind of. The ability to understand that and move forward has been fantastic so yeah it's that thing isn't it where you do start to realize that there are more important things than business than showing up to social media than this kind of pressure that you're putting on yourself to do something which you feel fulfills you but actually when you kind of look deep down it's not fulfilling you and like I've also realized certain things you know through my therapy session Jesus Christ I made my therapist cry twice now and I'm like shit I must have a really sad life if I'm making my therapist cry and I'm just like but from that it's these moments where I'm just like right there is things that matter more than me having to show up every single day to post a physique update or to you know just feel empty kind of like social media air with putting out other stuff there and it's because I know now what's like really important to me in life there are more wholesome things than just I think everyone's chasing some kind of like status or they're chasing to kind of like look like they're doing well to to prove themselves and get that validation from others that's what it comes down to at the end and it's what you're talking about you know trying to get that validation from your parents with a new brother on the scene or going to a new school it's always that kind of like trying to prove your worth but when you know your worth you don't have to prove it to anyone and you can just do what you enjoy right yeah, no, completely. And I felt I felt great to that. I remember like buying material goods a few years ago for not even for myself, just thought like I'm going on holiday, I need to get that archetypal airport picture of a Louis Vuitton bag. And then I thought I bought a Louis Vuitton bag for a picture. You know, now now I get use out of it, but I'm more I walk around with it, I'm trying to shield it from people. I'm like, oh no, I've got a fucking Louis Vuitton bag. Do you know I mean? I'm quite happy with just a normal night bag. So yeah, I definitely fell fell into that trap of buying things and, and portraying a certain image on social media for for not my for for, for others and not myself and no and I, but I also think we have to go through that do you know what I mean I think we have to go through that material phase because you might go through it and think this is me now you know I want everything Louis Vuitton I want this that and I love it and cash and fuck everyone and because you 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 know you you see these uh you see these like fucking generic quotes about like show me your friendship group and like I'll be able to tell you like. And you think what? How? Like I've got mates that are plumbers, carpenters, and what? Are they somehow below me because I'm I, I'm a, I'm an influencer? It's it's absurd. Like I don't I don't think you should ever adopt that role whereby I do understand like kind of being around the same people in in, in business is going to help you kind of it's going to it's going to help you in that sense whereby if you're around like-minded people then you can you kind of use them to springboard but at the same time don't that shouldn't be filtered into like day-to-day life it should be two separate it should be business and, and and friendship group so like I said I think it's I think it is key that you do experience that because you're always going to be if you don't you're always going to be like oh well what if and I think once you start getting to that what if mindset it, it, you kind of spiral from there and, the, and then you start to make kind of crazy decisions so I'm I'm almost glad that I did go through certain phases in my life so I can be in a position whereby I can look back and go that was a bit weird wouldn't it you know what I mean so but uh, yeah I definitely can can relate to, to, to doing things for the sake of other people yeah it's learning who you are but also throughout that process you know going through times where maybe you're not quite who you are like I've been through it I went through the fit chick phase with like booty band workouts and then I look back and I'm like why the fuck was I doing that Mm -hmm. and it is that kind of thing where it's just like oh let's see how well this does and when you do suffer clout and clickbait it does work Um, and that's you know the really frustrating part of of social media because so much shit is out there and you're looking at it and it's incorrect or it's you know just trying to attract the wrong kind of attention and people really do fall victim to it but actually when you are staying true to yourself and actually putting out informative content which is trying to help people overall yeah. 
that that's a game changer because those people want to build a relationship with you and follow you long term. So that would be my kind of biggest piece of advice to anyone who is coming into into the industry now. And I'm interested to hear because you've spoken about this kind of self-awareness, you're getting to know yourself better and you've changed your perspective. So with, you know, your own goals now, what is that looking like in the future? Because obviously keeping yourself and business as two separate entities, what is it looking like for you as a person? But then also what is it looking like for you when it comes to business? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I am haven't, I haven't sort of like found myself by going on some sort of DMT trip in Bali. It's not been like that. It's just been like a gradual process of kind of, of breaking down what happened over the last couple of years in my life. But I mean, I, I wouldn't mind going over there and doing... I'm, I'm I actually... I actually have plans to go to Bali very soon, so um, nice. <laughs> I might, I might, I might see if I can discover myself there. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you would. Uh, there's a lot of the you hear Joe Rogan talking about DMT all the time. It's something I'd, I'd absolutely love to try. But in terms of like moving forward, for me, it, it, it's uh, referring back to your previous statement about that engagement element. And I think what's key for the younger guys coming up in the fitness industry at the moment is to ensure that that engagement is kept throughout you know one thing that I kind of use for when I work with brands is yes I've only got sort of 30 30 or thousand followers but my engagement for that amount is is high you know if I if we were to put that on like a million scale then it'd be almost like 700,000 so it almost creating a community is something that I'd recommend and something that I want to do with flow as well and it's uh it, it's for me, for me it's never really been like a numbers game it's never been I've got to get to like 10 grand a month or I've got to get to I've got to get 100k followers it would be it'd be fantastic but I'd rather get to 100k followers over 10 years and those 100k followers are like with me for life and when I when I come to release a product they'll buy it as opposed to getting a you know overnight fame and and getting to 100k and then when you come to release a product it's like well no one's really buying it so you, you have to be very careful in 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 what you want to in what you want to achieve when looking to build your social media because the times have changed now it, you know back in the day a couple of years ago you had 100k followers you could charge to to you know crazy amounts for a post but businesses and companies now go well you've got 100k followers but let me see your engagement let me see what sort of link clicks you get oh you're only getting 800 to a thousand well we can only pay you x amount so it's changed massively now and i think a lot more businesses are, are being smarter and we, we we get it you know even us a lot when we're going through our phone and an advert comes up we swipe it's very it's very rare that i'll look at an advert and go actually yeah i do i do want that service or i do want that product so just need to find that right line that right balance between uh creating content educating people but also providing a service but in terms of kind of moving forward it's I feel it's probably a, a little bit more about integrating my own life and experiences within business. You know, I think, yes, we need to keep them separate, but from the point of like physique goals and fitness and nutrition, I don't want to be someone that has this particular diet or approach behind the camera and then this, you know, in front of it. I want them to kind of merge. So that element of lifestyle and well-being is something that I really want to kind of combine. And like I said, with flow, create that community whereby we're kind of, we're catering to the needs of a, a, a quite a large group of people. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited to see what that's going to be like, because it's definitely something that I think needs to be changed. Like myself, even though I, yes, I do compete, I love bodybuilding. When I'm not competing, I'm very much so trying to live like, you know, a normal human, which is yeah. experiencing life. You know, what are we here to do? As We're not here to stick to the same bloody meal plan every single day. Like, And even when it goes back to talking about meal plan versus, you know, if it fits your macros, there's, there's bodybuilders shouting at others like, oh, you're, you're never going to get to the Olympia if you're not on a meal plan. And it's just like, take a chill pill. Like there is all of this kind of like negative energy that seems to be coming out all the time. But I think this is going to be a really nice change and something that's needed for the industry is just teaching people how to move their bodies, how to, mm. you know, work out their minds, how to respect themselves and nourish themselves to actually be able to then live a life that's full of abundance and making different experiences, which I'm assuming is what you've got. You've got planned for the future yeah massively and massively i think one 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 kind of area that i want to do is is that that um you know the the, the argument with the whole meal plan and if way and you know it definitely has its uh it has its pros and cons for either but you know it, we're not we're not all trying to be pro we're not all trying to be on the olympia stage but then there's still guys who have insane condition you look at the likes of revive strong you look at the likes of uh of alberto nunez as well we've been in texas with him and 
him having post-workout Pop-Tarts and I thought, your fucking glutes are dialed in. This is, this is crazy. So I think people love to cherry pick certain individuals to, to back up their point. But in terms of that, that knowledge being spread, I, I really want to kind of put people in a position whereby they have those choices and, and that freedom, you know, and educate individuals on, on it's okay to go out on a Saturday and have a drink. You know, if we're, you know, if we implement some sort of five, two diet where Monday to Friday and we, and we look at the bigger picture, even, even now I've got a couple of clients that are so fixated on that like scale weight thing. It's like, well, look at the last six weeks. So what your weights fluctuate a little bit, you know, you've, the simple case of you having food later on in the evening is obviously going to affect your AM scale weight. So it's, it doesn't, doesn't need to be too concerned about that. We look at the last six weeks and you've been dropping 0.3 key a week or you've been gaining 0.3 key a week. So, yeah, I, I just really want to, I really want to take the stresses away from people. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really, and it's nice, you know, we talk about finding ourselves again and it's, it's, and for me, it's about finding myself and wanting to help people and educate people again. Whereas before I was just like, you know, so hell-bent on, on creating this sort of persona almost whereby my desire to want to help people just went and it was all about me, me, me and I'm going here and, and I'm, I'm buying this and buying that. It's like, well, that's not really helping anyone. But I still want to have that element, you know, the lifestyle that we talked to is about clothing and about things like that. And the other day my client was like, I'm going out on New Year's with my missus, can you recommend what to wear? I'm like, yeah, sure, let's pull up a few things. So I definitely do want to encapsulate things out like outside of 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 training nutrition and i think and uh, i think lifestyle and well-being can can also be incorporated about that and education on the correct alcohol choices to make and things like that so yeah it's just about yeah it's just about providing that service to people really yeah if anyone needs coaching and also some fashion advice then you've got your man here because um it's one thing that i could actually no in hindsight i have had a client before tell me what to wear they were like what do i wear for this photo shoot and i'm like jesus christ and they're on asos like searching for t-shirts that you can wear so but that's the thing it's building a nice relationship with them and having this community it's not you know here's your nutrition here's your trading plan see you next week fuck off like that's so common nowadays whereas when we're talking about this building community it's something which is 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 really fulfilling and I think there's longevity in that when it comes to those who are coaches or you know in the fitness industry that's what is going to mean with your self-awareness and you actually feeling like you've got that strong sense of purpose that it will spur you on forever like I see like people popping up as an online coach every other day and then dropping like flies because they don't realize actually you've got people to look after you've got people to connect with you need to know their lives and actually you're going to build up a lot of compassion fatigue due to that if you really care about them and that can also then kind of have a bit of an impact on your your mental health if you're not super self-aware so I think there is definitely something to be said about the fact that you're changing things to now be looking at this holistic approach is actually going to allow you to enjoy your business and your work for far longer. Because if you just kept going, you know, buying the Louis Vuitton gear, then who knows that if you were just showing that off, eventually either the money would have run out or the motivation would have run out. Mm. Yeah, massive. Yeah, or, or, or both. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people that kind of, they set themselves up yeah, as this individual Instagram and buying these things and they get to a point where like, fuck it, I actually can't afford it and that knock on effect of them not being able to be this person they've created massively uh, massively affects them but uh, yeah you know we, we talk about kind of getting out of the, the nine to five job where a lot of people are like I've left my job because I hated it and now I'm an online coach it's like there there still needs to be other monetary financial streams outside of that online coaching because inevitably Yes, on paper it is freedom, but you know, leaving your nine to five corporate job for a, an online coaching job is is sort of the same thing. You still have a nine to five. You know, yeah, you can choose when you have your lunch break and you can choose when to train, but you, you know, you need to be aware that it's not just this like paradise that everyone everyone uh, refers to it. But then again, you can like online coaching gives you the ability to work anyway. And I can go to my bar for a couple of weeks and I can work out there and still do check-in. So it definitely does give you that freedom, but you don't want to be in a position whereby you're tied down. Like if you're an online coach and and you're just not getting on with it and then you're like forcing you know, I, I like this I, a lot all, if not all my clients are genuinely I'm excited. Like on Sunday they'll send their check-in over I'm like buzzing to message them on Monday. Like the RB for classic last year, the the winner had a had a his, his third child during the thing during the whole transformation change and I was like 
this is man the shape he got into as well. I was like, this is quite mad to see, man. Like I was so happy for him. I was like, yeah, you know, here's your here's your vouchers and you can go on holiday and that with the missus. So yeah, there needs to be that element of enjoyment. You can't force yourself to work, especially online coaching. You can't you know, if that if at any point you feel like that feeling of having to force yourself to speak to clients and motivate them. You need to switch it up because you know these people, these people's livelihoods, it's these people's money as well. You know, online coaching, the price now is maybe between sort of like one eighty to two hundred quid. That's a lot of money for a lot of people, you know. So, yeah, it's about definitely kind of adopting that, that you know, not losing that spark. I love what you said about your your client there. The fact that he was like getting in shape for photo shoot while his missus was like about to burst. Like yeah. Jesus Christ, that must have been difficult for her whilst he's spending hours on the stairmaster. Yeah, <laughs> she, I think she was in hospital when he said, um, "I said, what?" He messaged me at five. I was like, "You're right." I was like, "I'm doing my cardio." I was like, "Mate, I like, I appreciate you want to do well on this challenge, but I, I think your wife having a third child is a little bit more important than the stairmaster." She was like, "No, no, no, she'll be right. All right, fair play." Well, at least you you tried to be a little bit compassionate there to his mm. missus. Bless mm. her. Well, then she's got a baby and a shredded husband. Mm. Interesting. That's an interesting combination. A lot of irritability going on there. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No, um, no. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree that it's not all it's kind of glamorized to be. Everyone sees, you know, the the lavish life in in Dubai, and everyone's just kind of like chilling out. I'm I'm not joking. Like on on my two check-in days, me and my laptop are glued together. Like it is, it's hard work, but also it's so fulfilling when you are changing lives and seeing people do well. And so I think it's really nice for people who might be in that stage now, who are experiencing this pressure from social media, the pressure to always show up and actually not know why they're doing what they're doing to listen to this and actually dial in on what truly matters to them and to just be themselves and to know that with that things will come to them and always kind of you know the the further that you get away from not being yourself the more it's going to lead to eventually a big burnout or a big crash which is something that I haven't experienced it like in significant amounts myself but definitely like overworking myself and kind of being like why am I doing this and then you have to recalibrate and reset again which is something that is is really nice that you've gone through to now lead you on to these new adventures yeah of course and just on that touching on that online coaching I think those new online coaches that are coming through don't need to be so fixated on on necessarily physique goal driven you know online coaching is a can there's such a large umbrella underneath that you know and uh it can be the simple case of of coaching someone to have a better relationship with food, or or, or dropping a certain dress size, or, or or lifting a certain amount in the gym. I think for so long online coaching, especially for the, the influx of like before and after pictures, and on, on online coaches feeling like they need to, from a, a business standpoint, have their Instagram page just littered with before and after, which is great. It's, you know, it, it pulls them in absolutely. Yeah. I do it from time to time when I'm doing like I beat the drops, for example, or, or transformation packages. But there needs to be that element of like looking further past just getting a client shredded or getting a, a client bulky. You know, if we can improve someone's mindset and relationship with food, then that's a massive win. You know, if we can improve someone's sleep or if we can improve someone's routine, you know, I find myself a lot of the time now, yes, we've got their nutrition and training, but at the same time, I'm I'm breaking through kind of uh, this this barrier that they have with uh, with like having that downtime, for example, and and kind of listening listen to their feedback every Monday morning when they send the video over. It's like, yeah, it's been a good week. I've done this, this, and this. Outside of their physique goals, is is, is almost as endearing, if not more. So uh, yeah, I think that's a, a key point for a lot of online coaches, new online coaches coming through. It doesn't need to be just this. You know, I've got twelve weeks to get someone shredded, which is absolutely like ninety percent of the stuff at the time. It's going to be like that. You know, a, a client will probably come to you and say, "Look, I don't really need to learn about. I, I know about nutrition, I know about training. I just want someone to be accountable." And then I'd be like, "Right, I'm here for you, mate." And uh, it's quite nice sometimes. Uh, sometimes when you get that all clear from a client, uh, especially when they, like prizes are at stake with the IB for classic transformation, he was like, "Like, you feel free to like batter me now." I'm like, "Well, okay, but I need to understand. I don't want to fatigue you too much." He's like, "No, no, no." put me on an hour treadmill and I'm like, okay, let's do it. So it's quite nice to have that element where people are just like, look, fuck me up. And you have to go, well, like I, I, I will, but I need to, we need to be like careful here. But that, that's quite nice to give the green light from those sort of clients. So yeah, there's just a large kind of pleasure of, uh, of, of individuals and individual goals that we need to cater to as well. Yeah, I actually had that conversation with one of my clients yesterday. She's prepping for a photo shoot and I kind of, I was just like, how are you doing? 
tell be honest and I'm just yeah. like okay we're gonna drop the hammer because you're still kicking so it's one of those yeah, things yeah. where there's there's so there's so much you know when it comes to online coaching you've got the people who just want to live a happy and healthy lifestyle and get up at the right time per day and then you've got those who have the extreme goals and it's beautiful to see all of these people develop within themselves especially as you say like when you see those wholesome mindset wins for me mm-hmm. they always mean so much more than yes well done you've dropped an extra kilogram this week or whatever so mm-hmm. that is definitely moving forwards is I mean it's what I kind of preach and it's certainly what you're preaching now so tell everyone you know a little bit more about flow where they can find you all of that kind of good information yeah so flow originally came about because it I mean flow stands for fitness lifestyle and optimizing well-being so it kind of it kind of fit quite nicely and I started to introduce that towards the end of my prep whereby I could use essentially like the the flow of me posing so that was when I sort of started to drip feed it in a little bit then I started to create more content around and like surrounding like things uh you know me and Joe went for some some food and I was like well this is how you can eat eat out and still stay lean and it was just about kind of drip feeding that sort of content and then you sit back and look at the analytics and you're like well that got that video got like 20k views and this got all got 17k views so the response was fantastic and and when you start to understand your your demographic anyway it's like well it makes sense I've got you know the main bulk of my my audience are 25 to 35 men that you know they like to train but they also enjoy having a social life and going to house events and I'd be from whatnot so it's about like just working with that and before you know it, like well why wasn't I doing this before like I said before you kind of back yourself into a corner sometimes of bodybuilding it's a bit like nowhere I can't really go go anywhere here and it's the same sort of dreary motivational slow motion bullshit and it's like you know let's 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 like let's invigorate let's let's spread some color splash some color into this so yeah with with flow it's about kind of again encapsulating all of these different camp camps and educating people we want to do the the flow academy and then the flow website will be individualized courses so it'll be uh the likes of uh you know different uh, bodybuilders different um other coaches kind of doing individualized courses so if someone wanted to come onto the site and didn't want to learn about bodybuilding, but they wanted to do powerlifting or, or power building, then there's a course there for them. So it's just kind of opening up the industry, almost like you, you've seen Masterclass, you know, the, the fantastic company, like digital company that are doing incredible pieces of work. They've got like the likes of Gordon Ramsay if you wanted to learn about cooking, for example. I, I, I kind of wanted to view and I, I kind of do view flow moving forward as the masterclass of the fitness industry. So, you know, the, the, the elite, the top, you know, individuals in their field to, to come and do a course so people can understand about that. And, uh, and then from a coaching point of view, just to, to create that community, I've got a meeting next week about a potential app, which is something I've kind of held off on, on for a while. But I think the the way that we're moving tech, you know, in terms of tech at the moment now, the prices are coming down a lot better. Um, and just to have that ability to have everyone on one system and on one hub and kind of, you know, ask themselves questions. And uh, Joe, Joe spoke about the other day that he's got like a WhatsApp group for his clients, which is cool. And they kind of ask themselves questions if they don't want to ask Joe a question. They sort of say, oh, does anyone know what the best sort of pre-workout is? So it's definitely creating that hub, creating that community and that environment where people can not be afraid to ask a question. I think a lot of people, gen pop clients are like, oh God, am I, I sound a bit stupid for artists. I'm like, no, 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 there's no stupid questions here. So uh, yeah, and that's that's the sort of direction we're looking to go with. But uh, in terms of myself, TM Cycles is very much staying. You know, it's like, it's like flow by TM Cycles. It's not just, we're not rebranding completely. But, you know, we'll still have the vlogs and we'll still have the holidays and uh, and whatnot. Uh, and kind of giving an insight into my life and, and and kind of the behind the scenes. I'm essentially using the TM cycles as a a chance to see what goes into flow. So you know, I, I put up a post every day today about like branding and images and fonts and styles, and people are like, wow, I didn't realise that. It's like well, simple things like that that you can take on board and, and grow your own brand. So uh, yeah, very excited about how things are going. But in terms of finding me, it's all it's all TM cycles. I'm on TikTok now as well. I like TikTok. It's good. I haven't crossed over to the dark side yet. That's just another yeah. platform that I've got to start putting content out on. Need to repurpose it all, but I'll figure that out. I'll figure that out at some Get point. Get on it. Get. I love. I was like that. I was like, I'm not doing the dances, and then the other day I'm doing. A, I'm doing something with my dog, but then the engagement on that is is it, you can't ignore it. You know, me and Joe's video got 100k. So you think if if you if you can provide a service there and like people are like, oh, who's this guy? I've got 100,000 people viewing it. Oh, he's a coach. 
oh, he does plans, bang. So it's a good way to get in. I think we should all be going on the TikTok. Instagram and YouTube at a weird time at the moment. I think I think in particular, if you're listening to this and you feel like your views are taking a bit of a hit, just understand it's just a little phase. It's the first, it's the first Christmas that we've all had in two years whereby we're seeing friends and family. No one's really concerned about their physique goals. They just want to kind of have a good time. So I think we're gonna I think we're gonna go back into that stereotypical January first boom. So that'll be that'll be a chance to to kind of galvanise. So just spend the next few weeks in December, kind of getting your systems in place for when that does happen. Amazing. Well, if you want to continue being a sesh gremlin and you want to make some gains and also learn how to cook some nice recipes, then you know where to go. So I'll leave all of Tom's details below. But thank you so much for joining me. It's been a really, really interesting conversation, and I know it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you, everyone, for listening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will catch you in the next one. Much love. <laughs>